Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Edric Show. I am your host, Edric Jerome. This is the place for intelligent conversation with interesting people. Don't forget, you can catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all of your favorite podcast hosting online streaming platforms. Please subscribe, drop us a line, give us a comment, let us know how we're doing as we continue to grow this thing from the ground up. My guests today are Liz Ogbu, activist and spatial designer, and Kristen Damro, founder and artistic director of Kristen Damro and Company, an Isadora Duncan award-nominated contemporary dance company based in San Francisco. They are here to discuss their latest collaboration, Intentional Shift, which is a nomadic site-specific performance and artist-focused uh, group series that brings closure to the program Now Hunters Point. Liz and Kristen, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank uh, you. I know it's early. It's early, so I'll bring my head enough coffee and everything. All right, here we go. All right. Uh, so uh, let me just start out asking both of you or whoever wants to jump in. Um, tell me about the latest collaboration, Intentional Shift. Um, and can you give me a brief history of the project and its goals and objectives? Kristen, you want me to start and then sure, hand it off to you? Wonderful. <laughs> yes. Go for it. Um, so Intentional Shift was designed to be an intentional close to the work at Now Hunters Point, um, which is a community-based activation project that has been active for almost a decade in um, the Baby Hunters Point neighborhood of San Francisco. It's been located on the former site of the old PG&E power plant um, at Hunters Point. And uh, back in the 90s, the community... Um, fought for the plant to close. It was finally closed in 2008, torn down, uh, the land was cleaned. And then uh, pg e realized they probably had about a decade of which the you know land was going to be open before any development could happen. We're talking about 30 acres of asphalt at this point. And so they realized that that probably was not what the community wanted. Um, so they put out a call for design teams to propose interim activations on the site. and. I, um, along with Envelope A plus D, which is a local um, architecture firm in Berkeley, pitched to do um, a project that would really collaborate with the community to turn the site from a um, forbidden industrial landscape into something that could be loved by and benefit the community. So for the past 10 years, we've partnered with various groups, um, had everything from a circus annually to farmers um, market slash harvest festival to job training workshops. Um, over 30,000 people have come to the site. Um, and all the while we collected ideas of what they wanted to see in the future. And it actually led to the development of a kind of shoreline park, which is actually where Intentional Shift was cited. Um, so once PG&E decided that they were going to sort of wind down the program or at least wind down our involvement in the program, We'd been talking to Kristen for a while about, is there something that we could do that engages bodies and movement and space? And, you know, we really have been committed to this idea of how can art engage with this conversation about identity and space throughout our history. And so this seemed like a natural partnership. So once we knew that we were closing, um, our conversations with Kristen took a different turn to be like, what would a, a performance that like closes out the site intentionally as we have tried to be as intentional about our engagement with it and our engagement with the community. Um, and so that that kind of led to the piece and I'll hand it off to Kristen to talk more about the piece. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And 
I think just kind of jumping right into where you were, Liz, I think coming in from like a choreographer's lens and like a movement lens with this project, um, when we were talking about it, you know, as humans, we move through space, you know, whether we're going to a community event or seeing a dance performance, and there's really something special um, in those moments. So how can we embody that and move through that together and this transition together? And I think that's really what the performance is becoming. It's less of a performance, like come watch this thing, but it's, it's a chance for people to move through space in a different way and listen and see things and just share an experience. I know that when you do have uh, dance and performances, you also are able to tell a story through movement. Uh, and so how are you gonna be able to capture this? Cause this is a, a, a very long-term story. If you think about it, 10 years, uh, it's been a long time. So bringing all that together, and especially since both of you guys are co-directing it, um, what role are you guys playing in telling the story in, in, in each of you in terms of the project? And, you know, what's the story at the end of the day that you guys want to tell? I'll, I'll start off. Um, this is a challenging question because um, I feel like personally, my myself and my company's work hasn't been as knit into the community as Liz's. So I feel like I'm coming into this to, to share and respond and offer that space for people to take in information. Um, we're also incorporating a lot of the audio stories and Liz can maybe talk a little bit more about this that were captured on site um, when now Hunter's Point was being developed. So not necessarily telling the entire arc of a community of in a decade that's really challenging to do in an hour. Um, so I think we're we're creating little time capsules, little nuggets of things for, for people to listen to. And then I feel like we're definitely as movement artists responding to, I, I don't wanna tell anyone's story. That's definitely not our place. Um, so that's kind of my way into sharing a sense of story. Um, and I feel like also just the the story in the moment is also unfolding, which is really, really cool. Um, it's, it's a moment in itself um, as people come and share the performance and the activation of the site. Yeah, and I think that storytelling has been something that has been part of the DNA of now Hunter's Point since the beginning. When we originally started working in the community, and, you know, I grew up in Oakland, um, and even though that's a stone's throw away, right, it's still a, a different world, right? And so um, to start off the project, we actually sat in individual conversations with a number of the community activists who had fought for the plant to come down. And one of the things that we heard from them is that this real palpable sense of stories being lost, even at that time, you know, it was before the major gentrification push had happened in the Bayview, but they felt that, um, you know, as, as the older folks who had really fought for the community had fought for spaces like the power plant site, were getting old and dying off or moving away, that stories were being lost. And because it was the Bayview, you know, it had never been a place you know, people had captured the stories themselves, but it had never been a place where outside of the community, the stories were valued. So one of the very first things that we did was to um, build a listening booth on our site because we wanted to do something that showed that we actually heard people and we could do something in response to it. And we formed a partnership with StoryCorps. Um, and so they had a community recording program attached to the permanent booth that was in San Francisco at the time. And they, we recorded stories of folks who had fought to close a plant, 
we also recorded stories of youth. Um, and then we had listening parties where we played back those stories. And what people said is like, you heard us. We didn't actually ask for a, a booth made out of a shipping container <laughs> that looked like our grandma's <laughs> living room, but you heard us. You gave us a place to tell our story. Every story was archived in the Library of Congress. And if someone was African-American, it was ar also archived in the Museum of African-American History in DC. And so the stories will never be lost. Um, we also made them available on our website. And then the Shoreline Park, where the performance is occurring, um, you will actually see that there are quotes embedded into the landscape. And that was another act of making sure that these stories would always be known. Um, I would also add that as we were have been crafting the piece, we've been doing a lot of engagement within the community this past summer. And um, one of the things that we did, we were like at Juneteenth, we did a big um, event that brings together community organizations to engage people in, in what were the stories that they wanted to tell about Bayview Hunters Point now. And all of that has sort of been the seed for inspiration for um, Kristen and KDC, as well as the local artists that we've been working with. And then the final thing I'll say is, um, you know, when I teach, uh, architecture students, I talk to them about thinking about design, not as a period at the end of the sentence, but actually a comma. There's a whole life that is going to happen after we do whatever it is that we do. And so I think, you know, as we think about this piece, it's not, even though we're calling it this intentional close to this phase of now Hunter's Point, we're not thinking of it as like, that's the end, but actually, how do we tee up the community to then do other stuff with the spaces, other stuff with building the identity. So one of the things that we're actually producing that will be handed out at the performance is what we've been calling a pamphlet for action. So unlike the typical program that you get um, at a performance, we do have that part, but it also has, these are all the things we've heard and learned um, over our almost decade being on this site of what the community wanted to see, what was important to them. And then here are some tips of how you can continue to remain engaged as being a steward of this land. Um, you mentioned the community who is obviously a partner in this, but who are some of the other collaborators that you guys are working with specifically on this piece? Yeah, um, we're working with Lila Pittman, um, who is the coach and director of Feline Finesse, um, which is a youth dance troupe based in Bayview. Um, they're also performing some dance pieces. Malik Senefaru is doing a visual art piece, an interactive piece that's going to be on site as well. Prescott Circus Theater, which is a theater company, all youth again, also performed at now Hunter's Point a lot. They're Oakland-based. Um, they're also going to be performing. So we're really bringing together a lot of different artists and also these themes that we're talking about, identity, place, belonging, storytelling. We're inviting everyone into those. So we are really trying to come in all with these same thoughts and intentions um, as we're creating the work and performing. What are some of the challenges of working with such a large space uh, to to make sure that the movement remains intimate? Because dance ultimately is an intimate art form. So what are some of the challenges you guys are facing and, and how are you uh, navigating around that? Because I imagine it's 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 pretty massive uh, space to cover. <laughs> Oh, yes, <laughs> it is. As I'm like thinking of rehearsal later today um, and going out there. Um, it's a playground. Um, it's really fun in all honesty, just thinking of those questions and how to stay intimate in the performance, um, as well as like, 
you see the bay, you see the hill with all the housing, you see the power plant, like you're in the elements of the stories that are being told and you're, you're seeing the neighborhood. So it's, it creates just, it's magical in a way, um, you know, to sound very like artsy <laughs> about it, but it's really cool. And I am, um, it's fun to create in that space. And I think also one really important element that we did in some of our focus groups um, with the other artists is moving together and inviting people in to move together. And that's really something we're trying to feed into this. So there might be chances for people to move, you know, we might not do like a five, six, seven, eight choreography phrase. Like that's not what it's about, but it's about just embodying a moment and a place and being there. Um, and also a way to like process and heal as well. I think that's really important to like sense what we hear and think, but also like move through it, you know, and just take that in as well. So, you know, even though it's a large, vast, beautiful, big space and a logistical crazy like <laughs> thread through with audience and, and all of this thing, that's the fun like production part of it for me to figure out, all of us to figure out. Um, but yeah, like moving together <laughs> as well as seeing movement, I think is a really important thing we're bringing into it. And I'll also add that, like, I think the, you know, when the space was designed, it was really built around this idea of how can we reconnect people to the land and how we could we create spaces that really allow people to to explore their own physical relationship with with the land. So even hearing Kristen say about like all these different um, experiences you get as you move through it, like I feel like that's very much what was intended with the design of the space. And so in some ways the the having a performance here kind of takes it to the next level of what I and my colleagues at Envelope A plus D envisioned when we originally created the site. Well, I know you guys are super, super busy and, um, you know, getting ready for this uh, wonderful piece that's going to be happening uh, in se September 24th, I believe. So maybe you guys can, can you give us the date and uh, details about when people can come out and check it out and also where they can get more information? Yeah, so September 24th, Saturday, uh, we're going to actually have two performance times. So um, you can catch whichever one is most convenient for you or you can come to both if you really want to be a groupie. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, so uh, we'll have a performance at one and then again at three, it'll last for about an hour. Um, it'll be, you can uh, access the site either through India Basin Park or um, Heron's Head Park, uh, which are on either side. Um, there is street parking. The event is free uh, and we're excited to have you out there. You can find out more information at nowhunterspoint.org. Excellent. And uh, for those of you who will be watching on our YouTube channel, I'll definitely have a link in the description and you can click it and get all the information about not just this performance, but this uh, wonderful project that has been ongoing for the past 10 years. Well, again, Liz, Kristen, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule for coming on the Edric show today. Thank you. Glad to talk about it. Thank this you. Has, you're <laughs> welcome. This has been the Edric show. I'm your host, Edric Jerome. Again, don't forget, we are on Spotify, YouTube, uh, any streaming platform where you like to get your, your podcast, go ahead and subscribe. Give us a comment. Let us know how we're doing. We appreciate you. And as you know, this is always the place for intelligent conversation with interesting people. Thank you for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next episode.